This episode of Bridgerton with Mary and Blake is sponsored by MinuteWithMary.com. I have a wonderful mascara available to those of you who want that natural look, that natural look that Daphne rocks. If you look closely at her lashes, they're not crazy dramatic. I mean, generally period pieces like this, it's the more natural minimalistic makeup anyway, but her lashes are dark for her hair color. It's because she has a really natural um, separating mascara wand that keeps the curl. And I'm going to tell you what. I've got it on discount for you at MinuteWithMary.com, my Twisted Epic Mascara. It's one of my newest mascaras, um, and I'm giving it off at uh, 15% off for you. 15% off. Just go to MinuteWithMary.com slash discount. This one is yours, too. You sound surprised. suppose I am. It's not at all like the others you donated, is it? It is not. The others are, well, they were to my father's tastes. If Lady Danbury's we believe, this one was a favorite of my mother's. I have never understood why. It is very beautiful. It reminds me of waking up in the country. First thing in the morning... And I'm all alone. I've not yet spoken to a soul. I look outside the window and it is... serene. As if I could be the only person left in the world and yet... somehow I am not lonely. I am comforted. At peace. The others are certainly very grand and impressive, but... this one... This one is intimate. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to Bridgerton on Netflix. So sit back, relax, and let's all get ready to spill the tea. everybody and welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake and I just love the queen's hair in this episode. Oh, yes. Oh, queen Snaps stay. Snaps for the queen. Queen stay. Yes. Queen, baby. You know what? I just got to play it right off the jump. Mm-hmm. Preach. Makes me want to shout. I don't even know how they did that. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's just one giant wig. I don't even know how you create a wig like that. There were like, like five baby raccoons that were killed in the process. <laughs> Maybe just shaved, not killed. Shaved. Shaved, yeah, shaved. Hopefully shaved. Uh, wow. That... Raccoons have some serious volume to those little hairs. <laughs> so much volumizer. So many hot Loved tools. It. Loved it. Oh just, my gosh. Queen stay queen, man. Oh, hey, yes. 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 Awesome, awesome. Well, before we get into the rest of the Bridgerton with Mary and Blake podcast, we want to remind Mind you, you could actually subscribe to our podcast. Can we get another outstanding? Oh, absolutely. Freak any time we can get an outstanding. outstanding. Oh, you do it on every beat. Makes me want to shout. That snapping every beat thing does not make me want to shout. We got to work on this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, finally uh, we are on Apple Podcasts. Yes. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. Yes. We are on YouTube. We are at jointhenerdclan.com. We are maryandblake.com. We're all over the place, my we, friend. We're going to be on iHeartRadio really soon. It's We, we are we are everywhere, baby. I'm so ready to go. So you can actually hit the subscribe button. And if you haven't by now, trust me, that is one of the best things you can do is hit that subscribe button so when a new episode comes, it comes straight to you. You know what's going on because we'll be real. This is a binge podcast. Yes. This is a binge show. But who knows? Blake and I, you know, once the show is done, once we wrap up all eight episodes, we may sprinkle in some fun Bridgerton stuff for you. We're gonna you have never some going on. know. So you want to make sure you hit that subscribe button. And the other thing I want to tell you mm-hmm. is that if you dig Blake and I, I mean, you are in episode three by this point. Yes. Make sure you follow us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you are, we are as well. And we would love to connect with you. I'm going to say my Bridgerton Instagram game. Fire. Ooh, yeah. Fire. I agree. I'm, I am on it. And we would be completely remiss if we forgot to thank all of our friends at jointhenerdclan.com. Correct. These people are those who make it happen here at Mary and Blake Media. Of course, with the craziness of COVID, you know, our normal business model has been altered. Yes. And uh, all, all the nerds at jointhenerdclan.com make this possible. I mean, if you have a local PBS station and they occasionally put on this like 12-hour Andrea Pacelli thing and you're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, this is speaking to my soul. So I am going to donate because it's supported. It's, it's listener supported, right? This podcast is listener supported. So if you have an extra two bucks a month, you know, it's less than a cup of coffee. You can head on over to jointhenerdclan.com and make that difference and keep podcasts like this coming. And get all the great benefits there, not only including all the different podcasts that we do, but the amazing community of people that have been, that has been created while there. All right, Marvin, you ready to get into this bad boy of an episode? <laughs> but of course. Let's get her done. I love that song. Dang, it's so good. Oh, it's goodness. so good. The, the soundtrack just continues to impress. Agreed. Never, It never stops. No. All right, well, this one was entitled Art of the Swoon. Catch me now. Which, of course, we all know what what this is the fictitious book that uh, Daphne and Simon are writing together, talking about chapter six, Mm. the, the actual art of the swoon, something that Lady Cowper does with Prince Friedrich from Prussia, of all places. Um... Yeah, a, a nice little, a nice little thing. But it also, yeah. it, there's some subtext here too. Daphne is swooning. Daphne is Honey, certainly she's swooning. A little bit more than she's swooning. A little bit more than swooning. Uh, yes, yes, I would agree with that. Okay. But, uh, some good stuff here. Uh, once again, the, to- the director is Tom Verica, who did the last episode, Shock mm-hmm. and Delight, and okay. the writer was Layla. Cohen Michio. Nice. The uh, she has written the First Wives Club, uh, the Santa Clarita Diet, and. I lost my awkward. I lost my vengeance. Uh, first wife's club. I got you. Yes. That's what she is also directed. I lost my mouse. It's gone. It's all. It's all good. It's Guess dead. what I've got? A all cups of tea. All right. So all you're right. gonna need that though to, to end our episode one day. <laughs> Here you go. But for now, you can read off of my iPad. All right. Fair enough. Welcome to the life of Mary. Um, see, I'm blind, so this is how big I read it. Um, so we like to rate these episodes based upon cups of tea. By the way, ladies and gents, this. Real time here. You warts and all for Mary and Blake Media. There is no editing. <laughs> Lose my mouse mid podcast. It's, it's all fine. good, man. Um, what are your cups of tea? Uh, 
I'm giving it four point two. That is so low for an episode that I would have thought you would have at least given a four point four. Well, I've given it four for the past two episodes. Yeah, and four point two I think is deserving. your reaction after we saw this episode. I thought was going to be more than a point two difference compared to the first two episodes. Uh, yeah, I will say that this I, was you. I rather liked that. <laughs> that that phrase did come out of my mouth. Yes, which in general Blakedom means at least a four point four. Yes, it, it does. It does. What but happened I, to you between last night when we saw this episode and now? Um, nothing in particular. I just I, I'm enjoying the series. Is it is it a is it a it, am I busting doors down? Like, is it the best thing I've ever watched? No, it's not. It's uh, but it's getting much better as each episode progresses. You want to know why? I think? So because of that, I'm giving it four point two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, as a woman, a woman who is not taught about orgasms, not taught about private parts. Yes. I'm giving this an episode a five. Okay. For all the vaginas out there that were neglected, I hope you're not <laughs> listening to this with kids nearby. Because yes, I just said that. Yes, you did. I'm, I'm saying it. You know. I feel like Daphne was so many of us, especially those of us who were raised in a religious household or whatever. Just saying. So for that, a five. Okay. All right. I'll GBJ you. time. All right. What do you got for your, your good and your bad and your great? My good, once again, kids should not be here, is describing an orgasm. Ah, describing how yes. to masturbate. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the simple way. And and seeing how well acted this was between Simon and Daphne and for her sheer innocence slash being embarrassed as, as Simon thinks that she's joking possibly and then realize she isn't. He's trying to withhold his laughter of like, oh my gosh, they do not teach women anything. Yeah, right. And as he tries to carefully tell her, because once again, he's speaking to a lady, you need to go home and reach... Figure some stuff out. Yeah, reach to the (laughs) nether regions. Yes, Netherland. Oh my goodness gracious, Neverland. All right, so my bad though. Yep. I'm over going to balls. Really? I bent... How many is it now? (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) I would like to see more balls in action. You can do that again. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> High five. That's my I'm girl. Over going to balls. I want to see some balls in action. Where's the sex? All right. We got- it's coming. It is, it is definitely coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally unintentional. Okay. So but you know once what? again, NS. <laughs> what is that? NSFW? NSFW. Yeah, yes. this is this is how it is. I mean, honestly. This is this NSFL, is like, not safe for life. You, you know what it is? <laughs> Sienna or Sierra, whatever her name is. Sienna. Sienna. Yes. She did not get the Duke, which I'm happy about. But that was the only sex we've had, is with Sienna and Anthony. Yes. So and mind far. you, I'm really happy that Anthony's not getting any, as I'm not in a good place with him right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like... I kind of wanted Daphne's dream to have the Duke shirtless, maybe with a butt. Yeah, but you did get to see the Duke um, tongue a spoon. I mean, I'm sure that helps. Okay, well, <laughs> let's let's talk about that for a little. Okay, bit. you know what? I can see that we are thinking along the same lines right here. Okay, so so yeah, I'm gonna change my great. <clears throat> All right, fine, sure. Okay, what's your great? first? My great is anything involving lactase. Lactose. Okay. Right? The milk scene will divulge in a little bit because that milk scene was outrageous and yet amazing between Mm -hmm. Daphne and Anthony. Mm -hmm. 
But the ice cream scene. <laughs> like, oh I am boy. lactose intolerant. Yep. I am ready to go face first into an udder right now. <laughs> that made me want ice cream in a way that I have never wanted ice cream oh, before. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. I'm just going to put the, lactose. The, the Duke is doing things to you. I'm in. Let's go. Let's get her done. You know, the Duke does not have Botox. And I'm pretty sure Daphne does. Really? Why would you say that? Well, in the scene that you just showed prior when they were looking at the painting, yep. he has normal person forehead. Okay? okay? With some lines. Let me see you do an expression with your forehead. Okay. So then let go. All right, you've got minimal lines. You've got a lot of pores. We need to work on this. Yeah, right? no, the, gonna... po- the pores are, yeah, you are got coming some, out. Yeah, we're, yeah. D- we're, we need to adjust before you I need you all the minutes with Mary. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he's got like a normal person's skin indentations. Sure. And either, like I want to know how much older he is than Daphne. Yeah. Because her skin is flawless. If I, if I had a mouse, I would look it up for you. So. No, no, you can't change I can't, that. I can't change the iPad. <laughs> okay, so that was my great, was the lactose. Yep. Give me all of it. Okay, so, sounds fair. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's your great. Okay, so my good. I, I, I was waiting for a bad. I don't know why. Uh, my my good uh, is is actually a tie. Uh, the first one is my genuine good, which is so glad we get to start with a genuine opinion. Uh, um, Daphne snorting, laughing uh, af- after Prince Friedrich. Approaches her and says, "Your dress Can is." Can you fake snort? <laughs> like fake laugh snort, so that's believable. <laughs> you did. I did. I can do it. Are you an actor? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I? I'm more of a writer. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. Okay, hold on. Do I sound like Urkel? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Can I do that? To her snort. Yeah, laugh. the snort. It's a, it's a, and that's why I say it's my genuine good because it is a genuine thing from a character that I did not expect. And yeah, that makes it, it's likable. It makes me yeah, just think of her in a different light. And it is, it comes out out of nowhere and it is adorable. I am all about the snort life with da- with Daphne. But my other good, and this is more of a filmmaking good, is the, uh, again, the show is proving to be really great at contrasts, um, what it, whether it is characters or character motivations or just visual language. And the contrast that we get here uh, at the ballroom scene at the end of the episode is phenomenal between Prince Frederick and uh, the Duke of Hastings. The first one comes when uh, Prince Frederick is walking in front of the Duke of Hastings as he approaches Daphne. Mm, That, again, visually tells you everything you need to know. And it is it's it's subtle it's small but it's one of those things that it shows you if you're paying attention and you're engaging and you you like the art of filmmaking Mm -hmm. everything you need to know about the relationship dynamic now has changed and it's changed in that one subtle scene and then that is followed up at the end of the episode with the duke of hastings walking out of the ballroom and in front of the um prince friedrich and uh daphne dancing and he walks out of the room and he takes up the scene, like half the scene for a little bit, and then boom, out, done. Yes. Uh, excellent stuff. Agreed. Really excellent stuff. B, uh, my, the B, the bad. <laughs> the bad for me, that was a preposterous amount of milk. 
Why waste two jugs of milk that were probably just straight squirted from an order at yeah. hey, pasteurized. 5 p.m.? No chance it was pasteurized. It's okay if it's not pasteurized at this point, okay? We're, we're, what they ifs? probably have their own cows. <laughs> but the fact that Daphne and Anthony needed to both have jugs. a pitcher yeah. <laughs> of milk. They were basically drinking the equivalent of a scorpion bowl. <laughs> Each. Each. And then Daphne's like, after two sips, nah, I'm all set. And she just leaves it there or puts it away. I don't even know what she does with it. Like, have you not seen the 90s videos of men just taking cardboard boxes of milk and drinking it raw, like, <laughs> straight? That's a no-no, Daphne. Oh, man. Uh, 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 another... I can't believe that that was your bad, was preposterous amount of milk, and yet you only gave this a 4.2. Well, because I'm still struggling to care about people. I'm you just s- said how much you loved Daphne's snort yeah, and but how da- you were... But- Daphne is yes the main characters are okay like I'm in on the Duke of Hastings I, I, I'm i now on the record on that then you're supposed to be 4.4 4. Uh, no I can't be 4.4 4. and, and Daphne is okay I'm getting there but the rest of the cast I I, I don't even know the other Eloise? brothers names El- I, I, I couldn't even you remember her name you know the other brothers names we went over this last episode what? Colin and Benedict they don't have any discernible things although Benedict, Benedict did, draws. Did, did give me a little bit more in this episode he draws and pouts and this is what I'm saying <laughs> there are things that are happening that are good that are leading somewhere but it's still not 4-4 it's still not 4-5 worthy it's 4-2 worthy oh my god the little kids though when they got inside the art room they were like where the snacks <laughs> you saw them bolt right yeah, away I know. <laughs> listen I, I, I'm not take bunkered I'm willing to change the take but as of right now, my developing take is that it's 4-2 four, 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 word. I'm going to raise it by two at least in this episode. But my great, and I think the point two that is really earned in this episode, and I could be convinced to maybe move it to 4-3 based on this scene alone. Alone, Blake. Uh, it's the first legitimate scene that we've had from this show. And that is the hand-holding scene between yes. uh, uh, Simon and Daphne. Yeah. And I use their first names for a reason. This was going to be my great for those of you who are just listening right now. You know, you're like, oh, Mary had a great, but we doubled it. I wrote down painting. I love this because they're speaking on multiple different levels. I'm pretty sure we held hands at this moment. Of course we did. As we watched this on our iPad (laughs) in bed. (laughs) Like the corny couple we are. Uh, It's very corny. Um, Yeah. they're speaking on multiple of us. Of course, they're talking about the painting. They're talking about each other. They're they're seeing the, the intimate relationships between the two. And uh, can you imagine if Daphne saw a painting by Bob Ross? Oh my! All goodness. the country. So the, those little houses happy and happy little, little trees. Trees. Man, imagine if she saw the episode where he was stroking a squirrel. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't seen that, you have Netflix. You can. I know. <laughs> Um, when I say the leg- <laughs> a legitimate scene, yeah. um, it, of course, any television show is made up of scenes. It's made up Correct. of uh, lines. This is the scene that moved you. Legitimate, yeah. I think, is actually really cruel to the previous hundred no, scenes that no, we've seen no, so no. far. Um, when I say legitimate scene, what I mean is when you're watching something that is you. spectacular, um, and you're watching a, a scene is something like how do you define it? Is it just words between people? Is it just a series of shots, or is it is it what is coming out of it? What the result is, and the and any great scene, any legitimately great scene. I don't scene, like the word legitimate. 
Okay, fine. Uh, any great scene. I prefer that. All right. Any great scene, something comes from that that is more than just words. It's more than just shots. It's more than just lighting. It's more than pretty costumes. It's more than funny quips. It, you get lost in a scene. When you're watching a real great scene, anything can happen. Anything. The characters can anything do. <laughs> the characters can do anything. The characters can say anything. They could fly. Anything can happen to them. And you know what it kind of reminds me of? Uh, it reminds me of, even though I still haven't seen the end of this film, Rocket Man, when uh, Elton John's playing the piano and all the <laughs> all the crowd starts to lift up and rise. Yes. And, and, I it, forgot you still haven't. I still haven't it. seen the end of that film. Uh, now that's a more literal take on an, on a, a great mm-hmm. scene, but a more a, a more subtle great scene is. They could have had some kind of a psychedelic thing. You're saying, yeah, you a, a more cared. a more great scene, uh, like a more conventionally great scene, is the scene between Marlon Brando and Al Pacino in The Godfather, when they're both sitting down at, at the end of the film, and he's about to start turning the reins over to Michael, and, and Vito says, "You're gonna have to do this. You're gonna have to do that, and make sure." And Michael saying, "Dad, I got it." God, it's okay. Don't worry about it. That is a, a great scene where anything can happen. Anything could happen. And that is what happens in this particular scene with, uh, with uh, Daphne and uh, Simon. And I use their first names in particular because it is absolutely intimate between the two. It is them on their first name basis, not Lady Bridgerton and not the Duke of Hastings. It is Simon and Daphne. And they're about to, well, holding hands about to do something that they're not 100% clear on what's going to happen. So I, dig it. I loved that scene. Like that is a memorable, I'll never forget Agreed. that. I'll never Agreed. forget it. it, it uh, I'm like smiling so big. You know what else it kind of reminded me of too? What? Kind of, there was flavor. There was a flavor of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. Remember where then the art, the art museum in Chicago and yes. they're staring at the the paintings, and they close up on the paintings really close, and they come back, and you know and they're all, all looking at it. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some there. There's a little bit of a touch there. So John Hughes inspired, perhaps, perhaps not. I don't know. I'm a nerd. I so. feel like that's a general shot that people do when characters are in an art gallery. Yeah, but this just felt it felt inspired. Okay. Uh, you're going to have to vamp because I'm going to need a mouse to close out the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just go with so, it. For all right. So I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a recap of the notes that I took. The opening scene with Simon taking off Daphne's glove as they were dancing with all the fireworks, but oh, also those yeah. special lights. Blake is ah yang from the side. I don't know if you can hear him, but... And then just a slow motion, and then the rest of the dance crowd disappears, and it is just Simon and Daphne, and he tilts her back, and they are about to kiss. I almost swooned and fell and fainted. Yeah, I was watching it in bed. So we're okay. We're cool. I'm still here. But dang, that opening scene... I've actually seen it as a GIF on Facebook. People have used that to talk about Bridgerton. And I hadn't seen the scene until now. And I'm like, yes, of course, this is going to be my go-to GIF because this is what it is. It's all about the dreamland. Um, I did love the banter between Simon and Daphne, just about being generals and like kind of having this war situation going on with them. It's just really, really cute how they keep continuing to play off of each other. And of course, we get the knowledge that the prince is coming. Um, let's see what else I wanted to say. This is hard when you only have one person 
Um, I want to talk about the prince, but I obviously have to wait till Blake comes back. Um, okay. We'll just have a chat. Just me and you. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about Daphne having this dream. Having this dream and she doesn't even know where her hoo-ha is. And she's just, <laughs> yeah, Blake, I heard you just laugh. Did you find the batteries? I, I don't have the batteries. I, I don't have batteries. For it, <sighs> I, I know. What I batteries have, do you need? I have another solution. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. And she's just having these dreams with, like, no idea. And it kills me, and yet it thrills me that Simon says, like, how did you not know? And I'm just going to frankly ask you, Blake, like, is this a conversation that gentlemen have? You know, we talk about the last episode where Simon and Benedict, not Simon, um, Colin and Benedict joke and say, haven't you ever been to a farm? When were you taught the birds and the bees and were you taught that it's cool <laughs> to masturbate? Uh, no, I, I was, went there. I was never taught that it was cool. Um, <laughs> Not cool like this is cool, but I'm meaning like, it's okay if you do. Like, no. this is your body. So, uh, here's my, <laughs> this was the sex talk I received, okay? How old? I was 16. Cool. And wow, I was at Macy's with my dad. And I had just started dating a girl. Macy's, which is like aimed at 50-year-old women. I know. We were, I think we were, I was, I think we were Christmas shopping. I totes shop at Macy's a lot, by the way. I, Best I pantyhose. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember why we were there. We were at Macy's. We, it was Macy's or it was Sears or it was one of those big stores. They splash you with so much perfume when you walk around though. Anyway, um, so we, we go there too. Um, we, we go there and my mother's going around shopping somewhere. My dad's with me and she must have had a conversation with him to be like, all right. You are 16? Kenny, Kenny. Like, like let's, let's this talk. This boy is 16. Um, and my dad was like, so, uh, you know, uh, I know you're dating a girl and, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna do things, you know, and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, if you do things, you know, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, be careful. <laughs> that was your birds and the bees combo. And I was like, dad, I get it. Don't worry about it. Uh, you, you sure? Cause you know, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I talk about it with you. You know, <laughs> I was like, dad, don't worry about it. I get it. I got it. Don't worry. It was, I wanted to crawl into a ball and just go away. Wow. <laughs> that was my sex talk. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Poor thing. I, you know, I give my dad credit. I give him credit. He tried. He, he did. Re- he really did try. And if you know my dad, well, I know that none of you who are listening do. But if you do know my dad, you know that he is just not one to talk about stuff like that. He probably got the email or maybe a sent home letter being like, your son goes to a Catholic school. So because of that, we don't cover this <laughs> in the <laughs> curriculum. Have fun. Yes. Whereas I learned it in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. I actually got to see full out drawings of vulva, penises. And then in 10th grade, oh I learned gosh. how to do a prostate exam oh for my cancer. god yeah 11th grade we learned how to find breast cancer on boobs well that's different and testicles that, what do you even mean well i mean you you Prostates, should... boobs and testicles we all had to do it and they said just in case you want to check your boyfriend oh we had to circle it on dittos where everything was so i'm just saying my parents <laughs> i don't think ever had the chat with me wow look at you we did have a chat about pleasuring mm-hmm and have things like that happen in your room. Really? But there was no like, mm, this is how babies are made. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Maybe they got a message from the school being like, we've got this covered. The opening scene of the show is great because you think that it's real and you're like, wait. I didn't think it was real. At first I did. Uh, And then all of a sudden everybody disappeared uh, and they're dancing. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. They're doing like this, um, this really artistic thing like, like outlander like it did feels like everyone disappears yeah. remember yes. an outlander in um uh, the season three premiere when when jamie hashtag spoilers jamie and, and blackjack are fighting and everybody else on the yes. battlefield is dead except yes. for them and of course in reality we know that's not the case mm-hmm. but it's just making an artistic choice and i was like oh that's awesome they're making an artistic choice and the lighting and the fireworks and all that stuff really cool and then she wakes up and i was like all right i, I could still get on board with that yeah but it's uh it's one of those things it's like a girl who is just completely innocent wakes up in the middle of the night just breathing really heavily. That's her equivalent of having, having a, a personal dream, if you will. No. <laughs> no. 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 Okay, fair enough. I mean, Fine. close, but no. All right, fair enough. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. What do I know? I'm not a girl. I know. That's why I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it, it, It's very interesting to grow up now or to live now and to have the knowledge um i'm a bit more liberal of a sexual spirit Mm -hmm. so when i talk with my kids about their private parts like i refer to said things by name like i am a firm believer that when that day comes we will have a bit more frank conversations with them Mm um so i don't know it's just like when i saw it right away i was like this is a dream but I mean, who knows? Maybe it could be the equivalent. But she's close. And I think that that's when Simon is describing things to her, when she's saying, like, there has to be something more to marriage. There has to be something than just, like, being friends. Because obviously there's people who stick it through. Yeah. Even when they have really crummy relationships. Is it something physical? Is it something really deep that, like, attaches them? Mm -hmm. And he's sitting there. He's standing there, like, yeah. How do you not know this? They have great sex. Yeah, right. But he doesn't say that. And I adore how he was able to say it. As I said earlier, like mm-hmm. how he was able to have this conversation with her where he could still respect her. Her, her own. Her own. Innocence. And her own agency. in yes. In the practice, if you will. But still. You know, let her know, honestly, as a friend, like yeah. you need to go home and you need to explore yourself, particularly between your legs. Yeah, it's this it, as much as it is the episode as it is about um, Daphne taking things into her own hands, uh, <laughs> quite literally. Uh, it's also about her awakening, her sexual awakening, awakening and how she... Uh, how she interprets the foundation of a marriage or the foundation of, of a, of a sexual yes. relationship. Yes. Uh, and that's important. That's important for this person that, it, it, and it also forms the kind of connection that I think leads her to basically skip down the road to go see the Duke of Hastings. Oh my gosh. For the, for at the end the of second ice cream time. Yeah. For the second ice cream time. I thought she was going to go, and be like, man, I am pumped to spill a tea and talk about what happened last night in bed. Sure. She was ready to be like, let me tell you all my findings. I think she, yeah, I think she was going to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, he just dumps her. 
But what I admired about Simon is he was completely honest when he broke up with her. He said, you're being courted by a prince. I am an absolute rake. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be absurd for me to get in your way. We did what you actually asked me to do. You came to me and said, I want to fake date you so that you can find a husband. You've now caught the attention of every single possible suitor, including a prince. So if I stick around when I have no intent on marrying you myself mm-hmm. and I'm just literally a sleaze bag, it's going to do you wrong. So what I loved about his breakup was the honest to goodness truth and the fact that it was founded in protecting her. And then, of course, he had to be rude. Is this something and him being rude, I feel like is not. It reminds me of White Fang. Right. When he's like throwing the rocks and he's like, get out of here. I hate Go. you. Go. I hate you. Go, wolf. You know what you you know what you deserve? No. For bringing out a white thing reference. Up. Um, <laughs> when he gets rude like that, that doesn't feel, even though he is, you know, a hardened person, it doesn't feel natural for him that doesn't feel no, right because it's forced it's like she's not taking it seriously right. so part my, that leads to my question to you is this something that he actually believes like where he believes i'm just a rake i'm no. a guy that kind of is just just gonna you know i mean i believe he thinks he's a rake yeah sure but is it because of the conversation he had with lady danbury is it because he is finally opening up a little bit and it scares him and he knows that I could really screw this up or is it because he legitimately believes what he says what do you think about that I choose D all of the above ah okay so you really think he does believe it that he's a rake yeah and that maybe that he's not even deserving of her yes okay fair enough I believe it all yeah because I think there there's there's a lot of layers here for him yeah there's there are a lot of things happening and the look that he gives when, even when just her dance card is is being filled up, you know, when they're supposedly like still having this ruse, yeah. Um, he doesn't even enjoy that when he's in on it. And then, of right. course, when they have broken up and she is dancing with the prince, yeah, no, I believe that he just thinks he's he's <laughs> speaking sloppy. of the prince. I love how he's with Lady Cowper and. As soon as Daphne shows up with a magnificent hair and that dress, oh my goodness, she walks down the stairs and he's with Lady Cowper and he just walks away. Peace. Doesn't say anything. I think he says, excuse me or something. Maybe, maybe if that, maybe he grunts it. I don't know. It was not audible. He, yeah, he just, it was a shot of him just staring and you actually saw Lady Cowper turn her face and look at him. Right. And then when he walks by, the only person that moves is Lady Danbury. Yeah. And she just follows him like, yep, I called it. Mm -hmm. That prince wants Daphne. Absolutely. And he just gives Lady Cowper deuces. (laughs) And just leaves. How do we feel about this prince? Um, I, and and this is another another thing, right? Mm. There's nothing wrong with him. I mean, he's smart because he's asking, "Where's the king?" Uh, yeah, that's also so he's realizing uh, the king is gone. But but there's nothing great about him. I mean, he's like he's got blonde hair, blue eyes, you know and he's he from Prussia, and he's he's in the he's got a military cross. Like he's every single prince in Hallmark Christmas movies, and probably Disney as well. Yeah, yeah. With that perfect little quaff and curl? Yep. Yeah. Did you see when they were walking by uh, for a little stroll when Lady Danbury and Lady Bridgerton were walking and then Daphne and Simon were behind them? The prince was in a tent having lunch with the lady with all the braids. Mm-hmm. 
And he just was staring nonstop right. at Daphne. And it was it was off in the distance, but it was really remarkable. He just kind of like froze what he was saying. And it was like eyes on Daphne. So even before the queen necessarily told him, like, she is the crown jewel. She's the one you need to be concerned with. He still had eyes on Daphne. Is this because she could have cared less than him? Oh, less, less of him. Like when they were at the art gallery, he was telling her all about Vienna and how much she enjoyed the music and all this different stuff. And she was obviously very distracted. Mm-hmm. Is her accidentally playing hard to get what makes him interested? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I remember, this is a personal story. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, there was a girl that was a very popular girl. And, uh, popular. and she you was like the pretty girl, the pretty popular girl and whatever. And she was in my art class. And for what those of hair? you, blonde. Of course. And she. No offense to my blonde friends. Um, I was I I'm I take art very seriously and she was in my art class and she would sit she was like assigned next to me with her friend and I was just like don't talk stop talking don't talk to me I'm just doing my art leave me alone and she just I think the fact that I wanted nothing to do with her and I wanted nothing to go like I just didn't want to be a part of any of that just made her want to be with me it was it was incessant and she wrote notes and the whole thing and like tried to like oh i'm not even gonna get into it i don't even want to get into it good because i'm your wife i know but what i'm saying is it was like a movie it was really like a movie it was like she's all that but blake as the lead yeah <laughs> Imagine me walking down the stairs with a red dress with, with the Kiss Me song. So kissy, do, 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 do. Yep. <laughs> with like pastels in your hand. Hey, yep. girl. <laughs> I, you can call me Laney Boggs. Okay. <laughs> no, but anyway, I, what, what your, your question is a valid one, Mary. Is her avoiding him purposely and saying, no, no, why don't you go? And, I mean, it never worked for me. <laughs> uh, but... I, I, I question your assessment of that, though, a little bit. I don't believe that she is feigning uh, any kind of not wanting to be with him. I actually truly do believe that when she walks into that art room and he, she tells him to go pound sand, I think she truly believes that. And she just doesn't want any part of him. because of she prince? wants. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm oh, saying okay. she's not interested. I'm agreeing with you. On oh, this. I thought you said because she was playing, she was playing no, the part. Okay, I was asking if you thought she was playing the part. All right, I yeah, understand. I agree. She doesn't want the prince. I think she obviously wants the duke because that's who she dreams about. Yes. Uh, Can we take a moment to talk about Anthony? Uh, Still not my favorite character. Sure, and he's <laughs> obviously not not lactose intolerant. Uh, definitely not lactose intolerant. Uh, and wants to be back with Sienna. Does warm milk actually put you to sleep? I don't think so. Does Siri know? <laughs> hey, you want some good news? Yeah. Got my mouse back. I <laughs> charged it up for about two minutes. We're good. Okay, so he has this real nice heart-to-heart finally with Daphne where he says, listen, here's the baggage that Simon has. His mom died during childbirth. His dad was a jerk. Mm-hmm. He has no siblings. He has no family connections. Unlike us who really treasure family, he has nothing. And he has told me countless times he doesn't want kids. He doesn't want a family. That's the scoop, girl. Sure. I know this guy. He doesn't want to get married. He doesn't want a family. Mm-hmm. Do you know that um, on some health website, 
doesn't really look like a reputable one. But the first thing that pops up <laughs> hey, on it's Google, on the internet. It has to be true. It says drinking warm milk before bed may help you relax, but there is no evidence that milk makes you sleepy. No. The drowsiness some people may experience may be more from the warmth of the milk or a full stomach rather than the physical effect Got of it. any compound of milk. So rather than wasting two giant pitchers of milk, mm-hmm. these two spoiled children could have just heated up. They don't even know how to heat. <laughs> that was so, they're both looking at, I like that scene too. They're both looking at the at the, the, uh, the, the stove where they're like, okay, what do we do? Yeah. What? All right, go ahead. <laughs> what, do you think I know I, how to like yeah, that? I'm not, I don't know how to like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got Anthony telling Daphne all about Simon's background. I feel like yeah. this is one of the first things that I really appreciate Anthony doing. Um, of course, then we also have the scene where he's called out by their mother about the heirloom, the watch, where right. she's pretty much saying like, oh, you think you're the man of the house. You have that heirloom. You're sitting here like acting like you're Lord Bridgerton. But what are you actually doing to right. propel this family forward? Right. Are you doing what is best for our family or is that going to fall upon your brother's? Yeah, and she calls him out on it, and and she she leaves the conversation, citing it's only a matter of time or something along those lines. You know, relating it back to the watch that he is he's obsessed with. Now, does that conversation lead him to go see Sienna? That's what was weird. You would think it would have been the opposite. You know, you think it would have meant more that he would maybe have danced with the lady at the ball. Yeah, one but of if the you, many that we saw, but you're right. He then goes. And see Sienna. But if you think about the consequences of his last maneuver uh, to be the head of the family after a conversation with his mother, those consequences were disastrous with Lord Burbrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he's thinking, I listened to my mother before and I tried to do this. And it's not her fault that I tried to do this and I tried to be the man, but this is what I did and look what happened. So now I'm just going to do what I want. You so, know... I still don't care for him. I don't either. And him going back to her doesn't make me feel any better about it. I actually care a lot about Sienna. How come? Well, first off, she's this incredibly talented singer. Yes. Okay? It goes to show you that artists in this world, at least during this time frame, are not necessarily taken care of or paid well for their craft. And mm-hmm. yet there's hundreds of thousands of people who go see them on a weekly or monthly basis. She should be paid well. Mm-hmm. I think about The Greatest Showman, which we said that this reminded us a lot about. I think about the woman that, you know, Barnaby fell in love with and... um she was so wealthy. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Sienna isn't on that level. She's not obviously like traveling world stages, but she's a really good vocalist. And yep. yet she has to worry about who she's going to shack up with mm-hmm. so they can buy her a place. And this brings into point Eloise. Eloise who wants to write. Eloise who cares about her books and her writing. And she's telling Benedict, you're a man. You can draw. Yeah. You can be an artist. The artist that we get to see inside the art gallery once again is male. She, you know, Eloise says, you're a man. You could literally do whatever you want and mm-hmm. nobody's going to doubt it. And yet we see a female artist who is exceptional at her craft, who could only pay the rent because a man that she was having sex with was paying the rent. Right, right. So I think it's just another example of like women of this time, they don't get to have the luxury of making these choices for themselves. It's what Eloise is even saying. I am passionate about my books. I am passionate about, you know, learning as much as I can. And yet it won't serve me in life. Yep, yep. And I love how Eloise just calls Benedict out. 
like you just said, Mary, and, you know, she wants to write, she wants to go to university, she wants to do all those things. And there's a great comparison drawn here, right, between three women, and really, in particular, one, we have Daphne, who wants to get married, wants to fulfill the purpose that she that she has been given her entire life. We have Eloise, who wants to take things into her own hands. She wants to... Um, become more than what she is or what her sister is or what her mother was. She wants to do something for herself, but she can't be herself. She's not allowed to do that. Then we have, then we have, um, Sienna, not well, yes, Sienna, but, uh, Marina, we have Marina and she is shown what her life will be as a pregnant lady if she doesn't find a husband. <laughs> Being that it's Christmas time as I'm watching this, I was just thinking about the Christmas, uh, the ghost of Christmas present. Absolutely. Where's Tony Tim? <laughs> um, but you get to see how all these three women are, are being compared. And drawing that comparison to Sienna is important because Sienna is an artist. And all of the Bridgerton kids seem to have some kind of art uh, about I them, all of them. Well, uh, well, uh, the, but, the the characters that we've seen so far, right? So Daphne plays music. What does Anthony do? Uh, he just he's an Assess. he's an art of the bed. Yeah, he's an art. He's an artist art of, of the, the bed. Thigh muscles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, apparently the glute muscles. We'll say that. Preach. Um, and then we have uh, Benedict, who is an who is a drawing an artist. You know, a, you know, a real yes. a, fine, a real uh, he draws. Uh, by the way. Pet peeve of mine. I know you know what I'm say- about to say. No, I don't. Yes, you do. When they show somebody who is supposed to be an artist mm-hmm. on television or in film, and they show them drawing, and the drawing is perfect, but they just do one little thing, one little smudge, and they're like, <laughs> yes. "This person's an uh, this person's an, is an artist." It's like just because you make one little smudge on a piece of paper, we know that was someone else's hand. I know, who like drew it all. Sh- like, oh God, I, I don't know why it just goes right up my keister when I see something like that. I appreciate it. He makes it. one little move. It's like, oh, yay, done. That's how I felt when Daphne was playing the piano. <laughs> and I was like, she's not doing that. She's not. <laughs> um, I just like the comparison that's being drawn between these three m- women and then also Marina at the same time. Um, Marina. Yeah. The seamstress already knows is pregnant. Yeah, and the seamstress, by the way, feigning a French accent. Wait. Yeah. In the store, when she's when she's dealing with people, she has a French accent. But when she's in the back with Marina and she's talking normal, it's a Stop. British accent. Yeah. Stop, I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Well, that's why. Do you, you think got me. do you think the seamstress is gonna gossip about Marina actually being pregnant or not? Because you saw her as no. she's like tightening it and she's like, I thought that I measured you right. And then Mrs. Fishing whatever, fishing bone. <laughs> Featherington. Her, Featherington. Um, fishing bone. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> get um, that one yeah you're welcome um i still want to care about penelope oh, man when she's tightening her and she's like i think i measured it right and then i'm just gonna call her fishing bone and when fishing bone <laughs> says no marina just likes cake you see the seamstress's eyes like mm-hmm. mm, i know a uterus when yeah. i tighten a uterus yeah um this isn't chocolate layer cake I I I do want, unless it was served with milk. I do copious I so much <laughs> the amount picture. of milk that Daphne was drinking earlier. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about Lady Featherington a little bit here. 
the letter. The, the letter. Mm. That's that, we're going to table that for a minute. How? No, we're going to table. Okay. We're going to table that for a minute. Yep. Are we talking about her bosom and how perfect her like sweetheart heart line plus like U shaped <laughs> cuts? I'm just. I just want her wardrobe. No. What I want to talk about is is she wrong for bringing Marina to that side of town, and is she wrong in saying? You better shape it up, because if you don't, did you just quote Greece? I, <laughs> you better shape up. <laughs> that was an unwittingly. That was an unwitting. <laughs> you better shape up, um, because <laughs> because you need a man. <laughs> because you okay. need a man, and if you don't, you're going to end up like one of these people. And your heart I, must not be true. Just literally get a man. It's so literally I, the first verse. So I know you're. Sp- I, I have a feeling we're supposed to who are, side. Who is I? Is I Blake or are you still Mrs. Me, Feather, me, me, Fishing me. Bone? I'm not, pre- I'm not pretending to be Mrs. Fishing Bone. Anymore? You just were. No. I was asking you if, if she was wrong or right, number one, in doing what she did by bringing her there. But number two, I, Blake, know that I think we were supposed to side with Marina. I don't see anybody here but hardworking people that love their kids or whatever. But part I didn't of side me, with her. But, I side yeah, with Mrs. Fishingbone. Yeah, part of me feels like, oh no, that's really wrong. When you, I mean, like I'm sure that there are good people there. I'm sure that they that they care about their kids and whatever. But if you can't see the difference between your life and that life, and not and no and not know that there is more advantage to you in your life, and you're just making an argument for the sake of doing it, that's almost worse to me. I mean, of course, Blake and I are huge Downton Abbey fans. So I felt like she was either going to keep her locked in her room like Harry Potter in a cupboard for 10 months and then shoo the baby off to another family. And then Marina would come back and be able to be, you know, brought into society. Or, yeah, she had to share with this and say, mm-hmm. listen, you are still early enough that we could maybe feign that your pregnancy is from your new husband. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. If we're lucky. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Otherwise, this could be your, your outcome. Now, I feel kind of bad because I feel like Mrs. Featherington shouldn't just cast this woman and her child out on the street. They obviously have tons of money. I mean, this guy's a baron. Mm-hmm. You could keep this lady here or maybe send her back to the country with some money. But I agree. It's... I in no way, shape, or form, I'm like, this is what she should do is kick her out. But I think she wanted to show her the reality. Like, you have a person who you love, but you haven't heard from for a while. Generally, this is what happens with men in this age. Like, you may not be highly sought after. Now, that being said, I know you wanted to table the letter that she wrote. Do you think that Marina's love is coming back into the picture? Uh, that's a good question. Because, you know, as Mrs. Featherington and the the housemaid, they're sitting down and she's like, and even if he like comes back, because you know when they're showing her writing yeah, it, right, right. even if he comes back, like whatever. Yeah, it, it, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And by then it'll probably be too late anyway. Yes. Um, My gut tells me he's coming back because you can't, you can't do this kind of thing in television without repercussions. I agree. You have to pay. And even though I think her intent is right, Mm -hmm. like it's coming from a place of we know better. Yeah. It it, it it reminds me of the crown and uh, Dickie and the queen and the queen mother. 
arranging marriages between Charles and Diana and and uh, Camilla Parker Bowles and uh, the other the other Bowles. That's what it reminds me of. You did what Andrew? you did. And, yeah, Andrew. You did what you did because you thought it was right. But there's a price to be paid. So that's where I feel like we're we're happening here. But her outlook, Lady Featherington's outlook, is so cynical. It is so cynical, and it makes me wonder if something similar happened to her. Ooh. And it also makes me wonder if one of the Featherington, Featherington kids is not the Lord's. <gasps> like if Penelope was somebody else's? No, it would have to be one of the older kids. Oh. I think it would have to be one of the older kids, because I don't think... I would love Penelope to be the daughter of some, like, I don't know, astrophysicist. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't Penelope, it? Penelope, who's always looking at the mail and is always looking out for Marina. Can we just give a props to Penelope? Absolutely. Sure. She's the bestie that you want. In what way? What do you mean? Like, she left Eloise while they were at this art gallery. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To go fake and really stand up for Marina and yeah. to say, nope, I have to talk. And she's standing up to her mother to help out Marina. Mm -hmm. I just love it. Uh, anything else you want to say about this episode, my darling? Sorry, go ahead. I loved Lady Danbury in the carriage with Simon. Mm -hmm. Pretty much laying it down. Like, listen, you either need to like propose or get off the pot because Daphne has caught the attention of the prince. And if you were to cost her an engagement to the prince with no intent of your own of proposing for her, she said, I will never forgive you for your carelessness. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when he finally does say to her, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm leaving England. I'm going elsewhere. Her response to him wasn't like, okay, you made your choice or whatever. It was you fool. That's what she calls him. She says, yeah. you fool. I love that response. Agreed. I love that response because you can tell that she was trying to push him to do the right thing. What she thought was the right what, thing. What she thought was the yes. right thing. Um, which is, And we all know that it is the we right thing. We all know. <laughs> so it was, it was, yes, if you're not going to do it, don't do it because she's got this thing. But really, you should. Mm. You should. Yes. And just let's let's do that. Yeah. Um, another bit of uh, editing wizardry here, or story wizardry, uh, which I, I kind of liked too, was you have the expectation that it is going in, to be the Duke of Hastings going to see Sienna uh, because she does give him that proposal of, hey, why don't you come see my show and come I see me afterwards. I didn't feel that way when he said no. <clears throat> yeah, but this was after he breaks up with Daphne okay. mm -hmm. and you, you think – Okay, he's going and... It's going to go be a rake, whatever that means. Yeah, well, it, it's someone who is... Lewd. Not yeah, lewd, but... Out loose. there. Loose with himself. Loose. Yes. He's a womanizer, if you will. Um, Where's Brittany? <laughs> um, I, I half expected it to be uh, the Duke of Hastings, and yet we have... I knew exactly who it was going to be. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately when the, the, when he shows up and you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Anthony's still on my out list, so. Yes, he is, he Sorry, is out Anthony. on the, he is in the out list. All right, you ready for uh, some whistle downing? Oh, yes, let's do the power rankings, shall we? Let's do it. All right, 
So I'm still on the Lady Danbury train. I'm just so in on it. Okay. She's just a delicious observer who wants to make things happen, who's calling things out, knowing that both Daphne and Simon read the paper. I dig it. Eloise. Hmm. Eloise is asked by Benedict, are you Lady Whistledon? If I was, would I tell you? Uh, True. Shady, Eloise. Shady. I don't even know. Maybe it's Benedict, now that I know his name. I don't know. I still don't know. Maybe it's Mr. Fishingbone Featherington, (laughs) the Baron. I didn't really get to see too much of him, except when he was losing at a gambling thing, so he's actually off my list. Uh, maybe. He's off my list. Maybe. For sure. By Fishingbone. Uh, so is that your top three? Who was even my top three? Um... It was Eloise. Eloise. Lord Fishingbone. I don't even like him anymore. Okay, and then are you still in on Benedict? I'm on with Danbury. Oh, Danbury. Danbury. That's what it was. All right, so that's your top three. Yeah. Okay, okay. that's your top three. Yes. All right, so uh, for me, Eloise is out. Okay. Eloise is out, and okay. I say Eloise. I say Eloise is out because the show, again, the show is is teaching you how to watch it now, and there there is an expectation I think that. There is going to be a reveal, and it's the not show, Eloise. the show would not give you that inkling about it that early, and that obviously, uh, if it's Eloise, uh, I also say that Anthony's out too. Anthony's out. Oh my god, he sucks. He needs a redeeming yeah he, quality. He, it's not him. But I'm still in on Benedict. I'm in on. I'm in on the idea that it's a guy. Okay. And he's an artist. He wants to do his own thing. And I get so much pleasure thinking about the idea that it's just Benedict writing in, <laughs> in his room. And he, he has the voice of Julie Andrews in his head. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is my headcanon right now. Oh, so he's my number one. Perfect. My number two, the Queen's servant. Who you may ask? The guy. The guy. The, guy. the only guy that's around her. Yes. Constantly around here. Constantly hearing Blake things. Blake called it out. He was like, that guy, he must be the one. He's always standing right next to the queen. He's so in on the spilled tea. Yeah, he loves the spilled tea. And then my last one, uh, still my dark horse. Still my dark horse. Penny. Penny. I'm not in my, on. I'm in on not Penny. Penny's boat. Not Penny's boat, man. Not Penny's boat. All right, are you ready? You got a scribbling prediction? Sure. All right, let's do some scribbling predictions, shall we? Daphne confesses her true love of masturbation and of Simon to Simon and says, I can't be with the prince. (laughs) I like it. He knows nothing, Jon Snow. Oh, look at you. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Get it? Because Egret taught him sex. She did teach him the sex. I know. (laughs) All right, my scribbling prediction. Yeah. We all know that Simon's coming back. We all know. He hasn't even left. Yeah, but he's going and he's going to come back. And, and Where he, does he even go? He has made his choice. And I, I, and something is going to happen where he, he, he realizes, I need to be back. I need to be back with Daphne. She's the one who makes me really happy. Maybe he has his own wet dreams. I don't know. But something something happens. Now, wet dreams are so unsexy compared to female. No, they are not. They're not sexy. I I will tell I you, agree. they're just not. I, you don't think that <laughs> Daphne having that promiscuous dream? Let's not call it wet dream, okay? Because that just sounds gross. It's like the word damp. You don't <laughs> think <moist>. that <laughs> that Daphne <laughs> having that hot of a dream? Damp. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> it's like a bog. 
Oh. Bog. <laughs> Going to the bogs. Gonna... <laughs> Why would you go to a bog? Yeah, because they got to pull the cranberries. Blake. Got to go to the bogs and uh, pull the cranberries When have out. you actually heard a New Englander say that? It happens. In Cape I know Cod. it happens. It doesn't just happen in Cape Cod. It happens all around us. <laughs> We're in cranberry country. I just don't want people say bog <laughs> like a frog. Okay. Gotta, anyway, gotta what you were saying? What were we even saying? Got to get the big bushels of cranberries. Out, I know, Blake, with the waiters. I can know. We, can, we, can we stop at donkeys first and Blake, grab? You're living. <laughs> people who don't live in New England, they don't understand anything what grab, you just said. Grab a couple of parliaments and uh, then stop by the packy. Stop by the packy. Get a couple Sam Adams. <laughs> Got the Sammy lights today, After Jimmy. The bag. Hey, Fitzy, where's the Sammies? Okay, let's stop. These poor people are here for an eloquent English romance with fancy talk where they don't even say promiscuous. They just say rake. Uh, all right, so we all know that Simon's coming back. We all know that's all going to happen. But he hasn't if the show, even left. I don't if, even think he leaves. Well, wait, 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 how about that? He, he's How made about his that? Choice. He's made his choice, right? <laughs> how about that? How about them apples? <laughs> how do you like them apples? That's right. Another Boston thing for you. I got a number. Um, still don't understand that joke. You still <laughs> just continue. We're we're right. so off. All right. He, he listen. Other, no matter what, if he leaves, doesn't leave. Whatever. He's made his choice. He told her to go pound sand. That's what's happened. Okay. Go pluck Ult- your prince. Ultimately, something's going to happen where he realizes I gotta. I can't do that. I can't. I, like I have to be back with Daphne. But what's going to make Daphne not want the the prince? Does he have a third nipple? I don't even know. And well, and, and, uh, I want to get into that real quick. The I know, nipple, but, uh, not the nipple, but something. <laughs> so the prince. Listen. Ultimately, it has to come down to a choice between the prince and the duke, right? And the duke, we all know, is going to win. We all know that he's the guy that's for Daphne. But the the prince has to, in order for there to be a real choice, the prince actually has to be really nice. And he has to be a real, like, a hard choice for Daphne in order for it, in order for there to be stakes, in order for there to be, like, it, it's more. It has to be more than just he's a prince who has money and he's from Austria. It has to be more than that. If it isn't, I'll be disappointed. It has to be this guy's really good to me, and, and he's he, really hot, and he's really hot, and he's really nice, and I feel things with him. But at the same time, I really feel things for the Duke of Hastings. Like okay. almost Daphne needs to be the one that makes the choice. It's I, not I, just the Duke coming back. Yeah, it's Daphne's. Daphne choice. has to make the choice. And I hate to say this, it needs to be an Edward Bella thing. Say it out loud. God, who was the prince? Is he Jacob? He's Jacob. Stop it. Yes. I'm so team Jacob. I know. I know you are. It needs to be <sighs> Edward and Bella, Bella Jacob. Because those were real choices. It was a real choice for, for, for Bella. It was. And as much as I hate to say that, it really was. Um, and the same <laughs> thing has to happen here. And as much as it has to be a real choice for Daphne, my prediction is that... Oh my God, he totally is Edward. He's like brooding. I know. Like, you can't be with me and I can't give you the life that you want. And the prince is kind of aloof and he's there and, he, and he's, he's like... He's like, I'm stable and I'm really warm and cozy. <laughs> um, my hair's really, really thick and furry. You're getting me off track here. We're talking about Twilight. It, it, I, you were the one that brought it I up. I did, I did. You so said my it prediction, needs to be a real choice. As much as that needs to be a real choice for Daphne, my prediction is that it has to. there has to be real stakes for uh, the Duke of Hastings, for the choice that he made. He ha- Like uh, Lady Featherington, she has to pay for the choice that she made. 
he, the Duke of Hastings, has to pay for the choice that he's made by spurning Daphne. And it has to come from Anthony. The retribution has to come from Anthony. Because if you remember, in the previous episode, the Duke of Hastings says to Anthony, listen, I'm never going to disrespect your sister. It won't happen. Like, I, I understand what we're doing here. Like, I get it. Like, you, I, I have no intention of marrying, but I'm never going to disrespect her. And he just did it. He just did it. And when he comes back, there's going to be an issue. There's going to be an issue to be paid. Are they going to box? No, they're not going to box. There's going to be more. Okay. There's going to be more. They're going to write badly and about each other dare, on Twitter. Dare I say, dare I say, Sienna? Yes. She might be the real villain. Oh my God, that'd be delicious. You want to know why? Tell me. Because the Duke of Hastings yes. went to go see her. Well, no, we didn't. It, what, what, we went to go see her. Like they, 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 they talked. They planned. They planned. Yeah. And if she really wants to get back at the Bridgertons, she's going to say, I betted the Duke. And this is going to be after the whole gamut. Maybe the Duke of Hastings comes back. He, he pays for his choice. That she, uh, Daphne and he get married. And Sienna comes in and says, nope, not so fast. Can't wait. Guess what happened between the, the, between the Duke and I? Telling you that's what's going to happen. No, that's you, two scribbling I predictions for you. I am cheering for Sienna right now. Nope. Hoping she gets a good ending. I, I hope she does too. Talented soprano. I hope. I hope she does too. But I'm telling you, some something's amiss with Sienna. The eyeliner. <laughs> Less the heavy is more. eyeliner. Less. Ga- I mean, it's theater. That's the thing. She's that's on the true. stage, so that's true. it's okay. When, like, when when guys are bad in films, they have leather jackets. When girls are bad in films. They're heavy on the eyeliner. Yeah, they do. Just like Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Just like Bellatrix Estrange. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. On that note, let's, let's close wrap this, this up. bad boy out, shall we? <laughs> and uh, you know what, Mary? Just for you, I have something. Thanks. Yeah, man. You know the way to my heart. Here we go, Daphne. Let's go, Daphne. You better shape up. Yes, he better. You sure do, girl. So is your hoo-ha. <laughs> yep. That pays me right. Oh, I love the remix version of this by Lo Fang. <laughs> what? Do you remember the, remember in the leftovers? Oh, you don't remember it? No. Oh. Like we can listen to this on our own private okay, time fine. when we're cuddling in bed, holding hands. Oh, it's like it's like very slow and depressing. I believe it. Bla- oh, oh, yes. Now I know what you're talking yes. about. Obviously, it's not my cup of tea. No, I don't it's not. listen to like slow, depressing music like you do on the reg constantly. Oh my god! Whenever Blake does the dishes, guys, <laughs> that's what he listens to. Is depressing, slow, stuff. depressing music. Anyway, on this note, I want to thank all of you who find our podcast not depressing. Guys, you've been hanging out with us in 2020, the most depressing year of my life oh you know what gets me through what's that hold on doesn't a vibrator can do that (laughs) yeah no oh 
Do you know that Grease is one of my least favorite shows? Is it really? Because she changes for her man and she thinks she needs a man. Yeah. Yeah. What's worse, Grease or Pretty Woman? That's the question for you. I will get back to you on that. <laughs> Mary has uh, a real disdain for all things Pretty Woman, which upsets me to my core. I love Julia Roberts so very much, but I hate the storyline. Well, everybody, thank you for listening so much to all of our musings today, talking about dildos and vibrators. and. This was the NSFW. NSFW. NSFL, really. Um, not safe for life. Um... Thank you. Just go to maryandblake.com. Check out <laughs> all of the podcasts that we do there, including OutlanderCast. This Is Us Too, which is returning on uh, d- d- January 5th. And uh, the Potterverse. Uh, we have so many different podcasts that are happening there. And of course, go to jointhenerdclan.com. Become an official nerd member while you're there. And that'll be that. That will. My name's Mary. My name's Blake. And you'll be listening to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. Oh, no, no. You got to look at the notes. I had a new closeout for you. Well... If you had notes up, I would have done already. Well, no, your notes were on. Well, your notes were on your on on your thing. Okay, let, let, let me never pull. mind, guys. My name's Mary. Hold on, let... okay. <laughs> Wait, no, we're gonna we're gonna play. We're gonna we're gonna play our Just... closeout song because we have to now. Okay. Hold on. Just let it go. Okay, here we go. Classing up the joint. <laughs> I gotta, gotta class it up a little bit. Okay. As for now, ladies and gents, this is my classy voice. This is the voice where this is the I voiceover tea, voice, and this is the voice where I wear spanks and pantyhose in a bra, out totes. <laughs> As for now, ladies and gents, I'm Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Now go out there and get some more tea. <laughs> what the hell is that, Blake? Because we spill the tea when we begin the podcast. Get some more tea. Go get some more tea. Go, go get to the bed. Tea. Go to bed. No, you go get more tea to bring to the podcast to spill it. You spill the tea when you're on the podcast. Get some more tea. Rewrite. No, what are you talking about? It's a perfect ending. It's a bookend. We begin it one way, just like in the Potterverse. As for now, ladies and gents, I'm Barry Larson. My name is Blake. Now go out there and get some more tea. (laughs) It's a great ending. You know, Blake. It's a I great ending. I love you tremendously. Give me the bookend of it. I will just admit that it's a good bookend. It is a bookend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, here now, I am. Now go out there and spill something. No, not you know, you're not spilling any more tea. You're going to get more tea to bring it back to the podcast so we can spill the tea on the podcast. You have to refill the Fine. tea. Fill your pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Lumos is deleting my our entire document. Okay, <laughs> Lumos bye. our cat. All right, bye guys. Thank you so much. <laughs>